Thank you for joining our podcast from New Life Church Greenbrier. If you're joining us for the first time, we would love to know about it. Just text Greenbrier to 88000 and fill out one of our Connect cards. Now, let's listen in to today's message. I want you to do me a favor. If you've got your Bibles with you, I want you to turn to the book of John for me. Chapter 10. If you don't have your Bible with you, you can pull it up on your phone. Um, if not, I will try to read loud enough where you guys can hear. But we're going to start the book of John, chapter, one, or chapter 10, verse 1. And I want to read through this with you. It says, the good shepherd and his sheep is what he's referring to. And we know that in the New Testament, it is the first time that this good shepherd is actually used. Now, I'm going to talk about how it digs back and goes back to the Old Testament in Ezekiel. We'll pull that up here in just a minute. But let's pick up. It says, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, so we know who he's addressing, right? Well, you see, the Pharisees were all about the law. They were all about the knowledge, all about the law. Well, what Jesus actually does is Jesus comes in and he flips the idea that the Pharisees has on his head. You see, he shows them and he teaches them that it's not all about the law, but that it's about love. Says anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. You see, Jesus is leading by example here. Says the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. I want to stop right there for just a second. The sheep lead out and they follow him because they know his voice. That's important that we get this morning. That's because if we're not careful and we don't spend time in God's word and we don't spend time in prayer and we don't get real and authentic with our relationship with him, then we don't know who we're following we can end up following that sheep imitation that I was talking about earlier. They follow him because they know his voice. You know, there was a time when shepherds would bring their sheep together in one location. Maybe a storm was coming or for whatever reason they'd had attacks by outside predators. So multiple shepherds would bring their sheep together in one location. And the reason they did that is because there was safety in numbers. There was more eyes to watch the flock. But the next morning when it was time to leave, all the shepherds had to do was speak. And the flock recognized their voice and they followed it. Why is that? It's because it was time invested. The shepherd had invested time in the flock and the flock recognized it. How does that relate to us today? Today, we have to make sure that we're being intentional about the time we're investing with our shepherd. Are you with me? We need to make sure that we're spending time in God's Word. That we're not just looking at a YouTube video. And that we're not just waiting for someone else to teach us something. But that we're feeding. Are you with me here? I'm going to challenge you a little bit today. I'm going to step on some toes probably. Because I've been stepped on today. We have to be intentional about our time with the shepherd. When 
he was brought out, all his own. He goes on ahead of them, talking about the shepherd, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Let me say that again. I am the gate. This is Jesus. Whoever enters through me will be saved. What does that tell us? That he is the only way to the Father. No other way but through him. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. How many of us have searched for life or happiness or pleasure in every way imaginable and still come up empty? I mean, I have. I think we can all relate to that, right? I mean, I've, I've churched happiness or, or chased happiness and achievements and accommodations and the trophies, right? We all have. But where does the true joy come from? Through Christ. He says, I am the good shepherd. Now, we know that the good shepherd is referred to for the first time in the New Testament. But what Jesus is doing here is he is actually reaching back into the Old Testament. In fact, if you go back between 593 and 571 B.C., it was, it was actually foretold um, in Ezekiel that the Lord would be Israel's shepherd. Let's keep reading. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I think there's a lot that we can learn here as well. We talk about... We, we go to, and many of us have been to multiple, um, what do you, what do I, what's the word I'm looking for, um, conferences and, and different places to teach us how to be better business leaders, to teach us um, what it looks like for success, to teach us how to budget, to teach us what we need to do in life to be a better dad or a better husband or a better wife. Are you, are you tracking with me? We'll, we'll search and go to any conference or any book will read multiple things to try to figure out how to get better when the truth of the matter is Jesus gave us the perfect example he gave us a clear example he shows us as leaders let me just say this raise your hand if you're a leader in this room Okay, that wasn't a trick question. Everybody in this room is a leader. If you're not leading multiple people in a business or in a job, you're leading your family or you're leading your kids or maybe you are a child. You're leading yourself. So we're all leading somebody. We have to lead ourselves before we can lead others, though. Amen? Well, what does Jesus show us as the example, as the good shepherd? The example he gives us is that we need to be willing to sacrifice ourself for others oh but that's hard to do isn't it sometimes it's hard to sacrifice our comfort for others now's the season when we need to be willing to sacrifice a little bit for those around us 
How do we do that? We get out of our comfort zone. Let's continue. Verse 12. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. I'm going to ask you this. Today, are you following a good shepherd or are you following a hired hand by the enemy? I think that's a great question for us to ask ourselves. And I don't know of a better time to make that decision than today. Then the wolf attacks and the flock scatters. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. You see these cheap imitations that we have the tendency to want to follow and the people that have all the right ideas. When trouble comes, where are they? I spoke about this a little bit last weekend when we talked about the importance of having authentic relationships and godly friendships and people around us that will lift us up and pick us up and will be there when we go through times. That's why we push life groups so much. That's why it's so important. You're going to need people around you in your life. I'm already hearing testimonies from some of you guys about the importance of life groups and what life groups mean to you and what they've already meant to you and what they're doing at this point in your life. And I'm going to say this too. It's not too late. If you haven't signed up for a life group, it is not too late. You guys know how to do it. You can stop by the welcome desk. You can text Greenbrier to 88,000. Come see us after service. If you have not signed up for a life group, I encourage you to do that. Because if you don't, if you don't have people around you, they're not perfect people. There's not a perfect person in this room. We've all made mistakes. We've all fallen short. But when you have people around you that will encourage you and that will be honest with you and tell you the truth, that's how we grow. That's how we keep from settling for a cheap imitation. Verse 14 tells us again, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Do you know him? Do you know him as your personal Savior? Have you made the decision to invite him into your life, to forgive you of your sins? Do you know him? Maybe you made that decision early on in life. Have you spent time getting to know him? How do we get to know Christ? It's right here in his word. We dig into his word. We surround ourselves with people that'll get into the Word together, that'll challenge us. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life. See the sacrifice again? For the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. And that's, he's referring to us. Now we know that he foretold that he was the, the Savior of Israel. But it didn't stop with Israel. It reached the world. Yes, he was the Messiah. Yes, he was the King of Kings. He's the Good Shepherd. As I told you earlier, he reached back to the Old Testament where it was prophesied that he would be the Savior of the world. He's identifying himself as that when he talks about being the Good Shepherd. He says, I must bring them also. He's talking about us. He wants you. L let, me just, let me just say this. God loves you. He wants you. You have a purpose, 
And God has a plan for everyone in here. Emily, I'm only going to say this because you posted it. I read your post this week, and I don't spend a lot of time on social media. I'm not even sure how I read it. I'm so proud of you. Ten years. I pray that we have the opportunity for you to share that testimony. And the lives that have been changed because of your obedience, it hasn't even scratched the surface yet. But you know what we have the tendency to do is we have the tendency to want to put on a, a face that we've got it all figured out. Oh, we're good. We're good. I'm happy. I'm comfortable. You ever said that? You ever said that, Brandon? I have. I'm comfortable. Well, guess what happens when you get comfortable? You get complacent. And guess what happens when you get complacent? That's when the enemy comes. You stop growing. You stop getting in the Word. You start finding other things to do. I must bring them also. He didn't say I can or I could. I must bring them also. He's talking about us. They too will listen to my voice. Still talking about us. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. We talked about that a little bit earlier. About what's going on in Ukraine. They're our brothers and sisters in Christ. Adam shared a little bit of a testimony or a little bit of a um, devotional that he read this morning that was sent to him about how when one part of the body hurts, it all hurts. It should break your heart what's going on right now. It should. I'm not telling you to take sides, but it should break your heart. If it doesn't break your heart, we need to talk. Because probably what's happened is there's probably been some calluses and some walls that have been built up that you need to tear down. And if you hadn't signed up for real change, it starts tonight. There may be some stuff in your past that you need, you need to let go of. There may be some junk that you need to release. I'm so excited about real change. Byron, would you mind standing up, sir? Tasha, would you stand up with me? This is Byron and Tasha Burrell. Would you give it up for this couple for me? sit down. I wanted you guys to see them. They are dear friends of ours. I'm so excited to have them at this campus, but they're leading our Real Change life group. We've got over 60 people, I think, now signed up. It's going to meet right here in the sanctuary. We're going to have child care for it. It starts at 6, Byron. 5.30. starts at 5.30 here. Come. Let them know so we can make sure we've got enough books. If you don't have any other obligations, come. If you're ready for a real change in your life, come. Because it'll be, it'll be a real change, I promise. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it up from me or takes it from me. But I lay it down of my own accord I think we miss it here sometimes too. Because we think that Jesus was placed on the cross. He got on it. 
He had the power and the authority to shut it down. But he went all out for us. All out. Have you thought about it? Have you really just thought about the sacrifice? I mean, I love you guys, but I don't know that I could do that for you. Let me just go ahead. I'm not doing that for you. But Jesus did. But how easily we forget. How easily we fall back into what makes us happy. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. So the Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? Let me just go ahead and tell you this. When you make a stance to walk with Christ and to put some changes in your life and to live your life for him, not everybody is going to be in support of it. There's going to be people that tell you you're raving mad. I mean, if they told Jesus, he's mad. I mean, you ain't Jesus. <laughs> you know, I think about the day of Pentecost. And then there were some that couldn't believe it. They thought they were drunk. And the Holy Spirit come upon them in the upper room. Peter says, I'm not drunk, man. It's 9 a.m. When you make a decision to follow Christ and to give your life to Him, there's going to be the haters. Y'all might find this hard to believe, but I haven't always been a pastor. There are people in this room that know me, and you're still here. I can't believe it. I think they're only here to say, man, he's going to have to mess up sooner or later. I know how he messed up when he was a kid. Is that right, Dad? If God can change me, he can change anybody. So we've all fallen short. There is a sense of urgency in the air right now. I don't know if you sense it or not, but I do. Church is a little bit different today. And you can say, well, it's because of COVID or it's because we haven't been able to come together. Maybe. I don't believe that's what it is. I believe it's time for us to get real about our relationship with God. But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? What can we learn from this passage of Scripture? There's so much. There's so much. We can learn how to lead our families. We can learn the importance of being sacrificial with our time. You know what? It takes time. To pray with your kids. 
It takes time to sit down and go through the Word. It takes time. There's so much that we can take from this small passage of Scripture. It's so powerful. I didn't even turn the page. I didn't even turn the page. But I believe there's so much here for us to unpack. But you know, the part that I really think we need to get is we really need to understand who Jesus is. And we need to understand that he loves us. And that the mistakes that we've made in the past don't define us because the enemy wants them to. He, he tries to remind us of that. You see, you messed up. You did this. You did that. Remember last week, you raised your voice to your wife. You can't be a Christian. You're a fraud. You're sitting here. You're just making it up. You're faking it. You ever heard the enemy whisper that kind of stuff to you? I mean, we all have. His tactics haven't changed in thousands of years. Why? You don't have to. They've worked. We get to we get to celebrate four decisions to follow Christ today. A minimum. I wish we had a line out the door of people that were ready to go public with their decision. I wish we had to have church all day because of the amount of people that wanted to get real. The people that wanted to give their life to Christ. I, I spoke a message a couple of years ago and it was, it was on the shepherd, the good shepherd. And I, I made the decision to go to a sheep farm. And so many times we're referred to as a sheep. You know, there was a lot of animals. I mean, really, there was a lot of animals Jesus could have used besides sheep. Lions, tigers, bears, oh my, oh my. So. Sheep? Why did he choose a sheep? I mean, they're nasty little critters. They look good on a magazine. They're nasty. And they always get themselves in trouble. Well, when you say it like that, it describes us pretty good, doesn't it? <laughs> but I went to this sheep farm, and I was talking to the owner or the shepherd. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was that they always move together in a group. They always move together in a group or a flock, right? Get my sheep etiquette right. But something she said stuck out to me. She said, you know, if we ever see one of them off by themselves, we know something is wrong. The only time that we'll ever see a sheep off by themselves is if it's sick. And she said, we know. It doesn't matter what time of the day it is, the week, what holiday we're getting ready to celebrate, if we don't do something quick, that sheep will die. Nothing or no way around it. There is power in numbers. As you look around this room this morning, there are people in this room that'll be part of your flock. And they will help you. 
They will pray with you. They will love on you. They will challenge you. But when you get off by yourself, it is dangerous. There's a, there's a scripture in Isaiah. I think it's on my... Yeah, it's Isaiah 40, 11. It says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Is this how you see Jesus? Is this how you see him? Carrying you close to his heart? Or do you see God as an iron fist? You think the enemy doesn't want us speaking today. I've never had a red wasp try to sting me in the face. <laughs> in Jesus' name, you be gone. You dead now. Okay. How, how, what's the chances of that happening? All right, what was I saying? Mm, thank you, Alex. Isaiah. When you look at Christ, is that the vision that you have or do you look at and compare our heavenly father to your earthly father I've had conversations with men before that just the word father rises up anger in them because their earthly father was not the example that he should have been maybe he wasn't there the way that he should have been maybe there was hurt maybe there was pain so, you know, a lot of times our perspective is based upon our experiences. And there may be some of you here this morning that if you were honest, there's some battle wounds there, you know. So how do we change that? How do we stop looking at Christ the way that we looked at our dad? This is going to sound really simple, but it can be really hard. And it is you're going to have to know who the good shepherd is. You get to know him. When you surrender. When I saw that first bomb drop in Ukraine, all I could think about was, God, did they know you? Did they know you? Do you know him? Really, do you know him? I know today's service is a little different than what we typically have. But I know this. I know one moment in the presence of God can change a life forever. And God's word never changes, but it changes us. That's my prayer for you this morning. Have you been settling for a false imitation?
cheap counterfeit? Have you been settling for something that some preacher told you? Don't settle for what I tell you. Settle for what God tells you. His word. We know the word of God as God breathed. Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision for Christ or could use prayer for any area of your life, please let us know. All you have to do is text Greenbrier to 88000 and click on Connect Card. Be sure to join us next week 